The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Chez Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the Week Valentine's Day is just around the corner So shop now with BubbleGenius.com And pick up their Fresh Pick Suds Flower Soap Gift Pack a selection of pretty flower soaps and a host of delicate floral scents, and you can carry your flower soaps with you in an adorable little reusable vinyl bag. Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Strat. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. We've heard from you, Scott. Now, uh, you, tell us a little about yourself. The details of my life are quite inconsequential. Oh, no, please, please. Let, let's hear about your childhood. Yeah. Okay. Come on, come on. Very well. Where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize, he would drink... He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy, the sort of general malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard really. At the age of 12, I received my first scribe. At the age of 14, as a roastery named Vilma, ritualistically shaved my testicles. At the age of 18, I went off to evil medical school. At the age of 25, I took up tap dancing. I wanted to be a quadruple threat, an actor, a dancer. You know, we have to stop. The best music on the best station. Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. China! It is Tuesday, January 24, 2017. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pezienza sitting right over there. Hello. Hi. Strength. Brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get free legal advice at thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez. Or just click the link in the podcast page. After all, everyone's getting sued. You need all the free legal advice you can get in the Trump era. All right. Um, I don't know where to begin. I mean, I was frantically texting Chez before the show. I need another five minutes. I need another five minutes. Because of the tennis ball machine, of course. And I guess this is, uh, we were saying before the show, this is the way they want it. This is the way they like it. Right. They were just constantly being barraged by stuff, so we can never really focus on any one thing for any more than like five minutes, because the next thing comes shooting out. Yeah. If you, if you... You know, you can't catch the deluge in a teacup. I mean, we just, uh, I mean, I have a list of about a million things in the bucket of show today. And then this comes down. 
Chez and I are chatting before the show, and uh, I noticed this um, in the Global Times. The headline is, Dongfeng 41 will bring China more respect. Now, you probably don't know what the Dongfeng is. That usually always brings me respect. Yeah, and it's not the character from 16 Candles, Dongfeng. This is a different Dongfeng. Um... China rolled out a uh, Dongfeng-41 intercontinental ballistic missile, an ICBM, I guess t- today, was it? Wrong. And uh, they're saying that, and it was just rolled it down the street. <laughs> they just took it out and put it on a flatbed and rolled it on down the street. Some media are claiming that the Chinese military intentionally revealed the Dongfeng-41 and connected it with the inauguration of U.S. President Donald Trump. Wrong. They think this is Beijing's response to Trump's provocative remarks on China. Right. Before Trump took power, his team showed a tough stance toward China. And in turn, Beijing will ready itself for pressures imposed by the new U.S. government. It is logical that Beijing attaches particular importance to the Dongfeng 41 (laughs) as a strategic deterrence tool. With China's rise, China's strategic risks are growing. You can tell this is a Chinese publication. China bears the heavy task of safeguarding national security. Nuclear deterrence is the foundation of China's national security, which must be consolidated with the rising strategic risks. China. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good luck, folks. And here we are. Uh, What day is it? It's day 87 of the Trump crisis. I started this countdown, or this count up, as the case may be, on uh, the day after Election Day. So it's, it's been 87 days since Election Day. Also, I keep forgetting, I want to thank uh, listener Ed Zyveth for making this song for us. I always forget to credit Ed for making this. I mean, I get in, maybe an email every hour asking for this to be made into a ringtone. Or, like, just make it available for download. I'm thinking about making it available for download at our uh, patreon.com slash Bob and Chez Patreon page. So you never know. If you sign up for patreon.com, you may just get the uh, clown car version of the Imperial March <laughs> by Ed Zyveth. All right. So, where, Chez, where do we begin? You take, take your pick. I mean, you, I, I mean, anything. I mean, you don't, even, you don't even need to see my list of things for the show today to know what all the crap that we're going to talk. I guess we'll start here. Um, Trump signed a couple of executive orders. He signed three executive orders on Monday that we're going to talk about. But he signed uh, one today. I guess it was it was either one executive order encompassing both things, or it was two executive orders. He's going to be resuming construction on the Dakota Access Pipeline and Keystone XL, which should which should surprise absolutely no one. No one. No one. Absolutely no one. Here's the thing about this, and of course, but, you this, know, the, both parties—they're—they're they're both exactly alike. Exactly the Never same. Never forget that. Right. Thank you, Jill Stein. You <laughs> fucking piece of shit. <laughs> no shit. I mean, this is uh, this is an indication. Those of you who uh, went into the election thinking, "Hey, both parties are the same. Thank Republicans you, and Democrats are pissy, all." Thank you, pissy millennials. They're all the corporatists and blah blah blah. But you know what? Donald Trump actually uh, has business connections with the <laughs> Dakota Access Pipeline people. He's got financial stake there. And they, of course, invested heavily in his campaign. So, But both parties are the corporatist parties, right? 
Right. Hillary Clinton would have totally done this, too. No, 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 no. Not a chance in hell. Nope. Uh, This is purely Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump sticking it in the eyes of liberals who protested against all of these things. That's what this is basically all about. Certainly, there's a business upside for him. There's a financial upside for Donald Trump. But this is mostly about Donald Trump saying, fuck you, to the left and to all the protesters. And I assure you, I assure you, he will use force to remove the protesters if it comes down to that. Yep. In fact, he'll not only authorize it, he'll encourage it. He'll talk about it. You know, he'll tweet about it. Get off. Get off the standing rock. Get out of the way. We're coming through. And he's and, and there's going to be big, big trouble. There's going to be a lot of problems up there. Um, with people maybe even losing their lives over this uh, because Donald Trump wants to do what Donald Trump wants to do, and he doesn't care. Talk, talked a lot about on the uh, on Friday during the inauguration, talked a lot about how he's going to be, you know, return power back to the people. He doesn't care about the people. Yep. He doesn't care about the people. He's going to steamroll the people at Standing Rock. Again, again, you're talking about a guy who it just one of this is one of the great cons in the history of the world yep. a a you know a puffy billionaire a puffy you know puffed up manicured billionaire who lives in a gold penthouse oh yeah who yep. has somehow convinced the rubes across the united states that he's one of them or that he gives a single f- about that yeah and it's it's just unbelievable i continue to hear about how hollywood celebrities need to shut the fuck up and go back and, and do their acting bit and shut up about politics you people elected a celebrity you guys elected the host of the celebrity apprentice the word celebrity is in the title of the show that he hosted and he's president of the united states i don't want to hear jack fucking all about how celebrities need to shut up about politics and we're going to hear about a lot of celebrities i assure you uh, when it comes to uh, Dakota Access Pipeline and the Keystone XL, for that matter. He's talking about this as another victory for the working people. He's going to create jobs. Yeah, you know what? He's creating 35 jobs. <laughs> That's the number of jobs that Keystone XL will create. 35. Good work, Biff. Good work, Biff. Now, Biff, mm-hmm. don't con me. Yeah, he's conning us again. President mm-hmm. Donald Trump on Tuesday took steps to advance construction of two oil pipeline projects that have been fiercely disputed and were delayed under the, his predecessor. Trump signed executive orders that will make it easier for TransCanada to construct the Keystone XL pipeline and for energy transfer partners to build the final uncompleted portion of the Dakota Access Pipeline. The president said both executive actions were subject to terms and conditions to be negotiated by the United States. He also signed three additional executive orders to expedite environmental reviews for high-priority infrastructure projects, streamline the permitting process for domestic manufacturing, and insist, insist pipeline companies buy materials from U.S. companies, specifically their steel, which probably a good idea. That was a good idea. Get, get them to buy American steel, I suppose. Um, but, of course, he's going to steamroll the environment to get all this crap done. doesn't even matter. I mean, they're going to be just, I mean, endangered, whether it's endangered species or water pollution. I mean, any number of environmental calamities. He just suspended any of those rules. So, you know, if it's going to, if creating the Dakota Access Pipeline ends up spilling all kinds of uh, byproducts and waste and and crap into the uh, water table or into the ground there, it doesn't matter. Oh, I can't. Here's, you know, another thing that I think you and I have brought up before. I'm... 
how he handles – I read your, your salon piece about how he handles basically anything, oh, any yeah. kind of real trauma that happens to the nation, right, crisis, um, yeah. which, is, which is it's going to be disastrous. It's mm -hmm. going to make a bad situation worse. And his mere presence and the existence of his uh, – uh, the sort of preeminence of his personality, of mm -hmm. his kind of personality – at the highest seat of government is basically just going to draw out the people trying to test him. That was very well put. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's but, just it. I mean, because because they know they can get a rise out of him. They know exactly. that he's weak. And they know they, they know that he will make a bad situation far far worse because he will overreact as he always does. But what I was thinking is, you know, I'm I'm terrified of how he handles things like natural disasters because mm -hmm. I think that he's going to be. And I've said this before. This this may actually be my uh, my. Uh, Banter, uh, banter, M piece this week, the magazine piece. Yeah. But um, I think the the one thing that scares me the most, because I think you know, you and I have talked about it. Living in California right now is is pretty awesome because we do have uh, a a good amount of uh, economic and cultural authority, and we have the ability to use it to our advantage to keep a lot of President Obama's uh, social economic progress plans and all that in place. Yeah, but. What worries me is that sometime during the Trump presidency, we will see a major, major earthquake here. Oh, yeah. And I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised for one bit if Trump, petty little fucker that he is, withholds federal funds mm. because of who we are. Yep. Because, Or at the very least, you can hear him making a comment like, well, you know, you didn't vote for me, but uh, but I will – yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll give you the funds. Yeah. You know, it, you could just hear that. Oh, my There's God, no yeah way he's not going to say something like that oh yeah they'll easily i mean if it's not going to be an earthquake it'll be a hurricane or some other natural disaster that that'll occur a major flooding or something yeah, like in that some, and, in some place in a state that that didn't vote for him right can you imagine a major california earthquake and he's just like well you're on your own jerry brown yeah basically yeah you know yeah. what he'll say you know what you're uh you keep talking about how you're such a big economy you can stand against me you know what you just handle this on your own i mean the, the great irony about donald trump is that he comports himself and and he's got this reputation amongst his people, at least, of being this strong leader. Like he, like he's tough talking Donald Trump. Like he's taking care of business. TCB. He's like Elvis. Take TCB, Bubby. And so instead, though, what he is, and this is the irony, he's he's phenomenally weak. Of course, he, he he's an intensely weak and I think mentally unstable human being. Sure, he's he is. Graydon Carter wrote about that today, yeah. and he said that whereas Trump <laughs> believes that Graydon he Carter. that he projects this air of of hugeness of you know mm -hmm. power, he, he's actually one of the smallest people that's ever held this uh, this office because he's he's terrified. Yeah, and you people. There, I mean, I was just going to say. I mean, they're going to test this. They're going to test him. That's and that's going back to what you were originally originally saying is that. They're going to test his weakness, and they know that he's erratic, and they know that he's going to play right into their hands. So whatever enemies there are out there, whether it's exactly. terrorists or, or uh, actual nation states, they're going to try to yeah. test them. This is fat. This is fascinating. This just showed up in uh, New York Magazine this morning. The headline is Trump because you just said that uh, you know his people uh, kind of bolster him, which which yep. they have they do because they have to. I've written about that I don't know how many times recently. But right. Trump aides keep leaking embarrassing stories about how he can't handle embarrassment. Oh yeah. 
president is a 70-year-old child whose TV time must be closely monitored because any news story that upsets his ego will trigger a temper tantrum followed by Mm -hmm. irrational demands that his indulgent, overwhelmed guardians will be helpless to refuse. Or so Donald Trump's aides keep confiding to the nearest available reporter. On Sunday, one of the president's confidants told Politico that his staffers have to, quote, control information that may infuriate him, unquote, a task made difficult by the fact that the leader of the free world quote, gets bored and likes to watch TV. The same day, some Trump aides provided the New York Times with a portrait of the president as a moody adolescent. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, this is fascinating because I was going through and, and kind of just glancing over it really quick before the show. And it Jesus. and it's like, it says, this is what, this is, um, uh, oh, for, I mean, it's, it's everything from, it basically, all of these people, like a dozen people within his, his closest, you know, but within his, his private circle are leaking all kinds of awful information about how, you know, he, about how over the weekend he just started losing his mind and he'd get more and more angry as the day went on. And he saw that, you know, there were, there were protesters in the streets and the crowd size for his inauguration wasn't big enough. And there's a thing in here about how he doesn't like Sean Spicer's suits. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's Awesome. Well, like first of all, like Sean Spicer. I don't know if you know if you're aware of this. You probably see it in the uh, press conferences. But Sean Spicer's like five feet tall. Yeah, he's he's, he's no taller than five feet tall. Yeah, and and so I'm sure that that sort of irks Donald Trump because Donald Trump Donald Trump's one of these guys who if he sees like a dwarf or something, he's like terrified. You know, he's yeah. that he's just weird like that. And you know how he is. We've been reading reports about him and beards. Like he's he distrusts beards, like men with beards and crap like that. He's just he's a up guy he's an intensely up guy this is so good sean spice i'm not having read the piece sean spicer chews and swallows 35 pieces of gum every day before noon oh that's insane <laughs> a group of mental patients in the white house right now holy god, god. so doomed i mean the advantage here is this that it's very very easy i think to crawl up trump's ass and we know this, and we have to take advantage of this. We have to get to the point where we're almost abusing the privilege of crawling up Trump's yeah. ass, getting right, really getting under his skin. Because he's the Captain idea here, Queen. I mean, yeah, he's Captain Queek. I mean, the real idea here is the strawberries. Yeah, I mean, if you just if, if you just crawl in uh, under his skin, you crawl up his ass, then you could actually get to the point where you disintegrate this man into just this quivering mess. It's like Richard Nixon in the end with the pills and the bourbon in the room with the with the audio recordings from the Oval Office, you know, frantically trying to delete things, just just completely ensconced in his own madness and id. That is that can be Donald Trump. It's just the the level of force has to be relentless. It's got to be Saturday all the time. Well, did you see well, did you see um uh, did you see what SNL is doing? They first of all they brought on they yeah. they they've specifically started bringing in um, hosts who they know will will sort of say negative things about Trump. Oh yeah, and and they've they've they're going to do an entire hour with Alec Baldwin. Oh, that's fucking great! And yeah, you know, they, and- they're going to bring Alec Baldwin into host, and there is some talk that it will basically be a, a show that that almost mocks Trump from start to finish. That would be beautiful. And SNL is doing such amazing work. I mean, I've been so critical of SNL lately because I'm sort of a satire purist. And I when I when there's a format for satire, I like to see satire. Otherwise, to me, it's it's time wasted. But you know what? Look, they have kicked ass. Alec Baldwin, national treasure. Lorne Michaels, thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I never thought I'd actually sit here and, and thank Lorne Michaels for political activism. But what they are doing 
with SNL and attacking Donald Trump is invaluable. And everyone needs to follow that lead. I mean, yeah. you know, and it's not just to me, it's not just a, a matter of watching those shows, but it's also a matter of retweeting them and then retweeting them to Donald Trump. Like all those photographs of the Women's March on Saturday, all the giant like the, the, the video and the photographs of the giant crowds. Don't just retweet those things. Retweet them and tag real Donald Trump and tag at POTUS. Because you know yep. he sits there in his underpants on the on his golden john and scrolls through that crap. He's obsessed with it, and it's the best way. This is how we cripple the Donald Trump presidency. This is how you do it. You don't wait for the Republicans to somehow magically filibuster a president of their own party, which is unheard of. What, drive him crazy. That's the, to me, that's the key. Drive right. him back, and you can do it, and it can be done. We've seen the early signs of it, and we're going to be talking about all of the examples of it on today's show, whether it was Sean Spicer's uh, meltdown in the press room on Sunday or Kellyanne Conway or Trump's disastrous visit to the CIA headquarters. There are so many things indicating that here, I mean, they're giving us a primer in terms of how to thwart the Donald Trump presidency. They're doing it every day. They're giving us clue after clue after clue. All we need to do is pay attention and to use it. And that's it. So. Yep. But, uh, you know, you got to bear in mind the important things like having a good meal every night because you can't you can't fight Donald Trump on an empty stomach. And my favorite foods right now are coming to me from Blue Apron. God, I love Blue Apron. Blue Apron is uh, is uh, one of the best things to come out of the internet in, in terms of uh, helping you prepare foods that are unique every night, and it's easy to do, especially if you're uh, sort of uh, uh, cooking challenged, as I as I might be. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country, making incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never, ever get bored. I love that. Customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Blue Apron has several uh, delivery options you can choose from that fit your needs. And there's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients and can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your, in your delivery arrives ready to cook. Mm-mm-mm. Or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash chez. You'll love how good it feels and tastes. Uh, to create incredible Chez participates in food. Uh, yeah, Chez participates in cooking. Great, incredible home cooked meals with uh, Chez and Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Chez. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz. Welcome back to the show today. Really appreciate you joining us uh, as we fight Donald Trump. And that's what it's really got to be. You know, there's going to be no lack of motivation. I was saying to Chez earlier, I mean, we're never going to run out of things to talk about. It's more a matter of triage. It's like, 
like picking the things that we have to talk about with the highest priority. <laughs> Whereas before, it was like, oh God, how, are, how do I fill up a show today? <laughs> now it's like there's too many things. There's uh, too much crap to deal with. It's, you know, it's the, the ongoing tennis ball machine. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, this is interesting. Josh Marshall make, uh, made a really, really great point about the fact that, again, you're talking about uh, this one This one report uh, supposedly was called from a dozen different anonymous sources inside the White House. Wow. So Josh is like, he. I think, he, what does he describe it? He says, he says, we're three days into the administration and the Trump White House leaks not so much like a sieve as a bucket with no bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that basically, you know, that, that that you have people inside the Trump White House leaking just the most humiliating details about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, there's a great article in The Washington Post. This went up last night. It's uh, the headline is the first days inside Trump's White House. Fury, tumult and a reboot. Yep. Let's start with the last thing first. As far as the reboot goes. Um, like Dan Rather, for example, was on Brian Williams last night talking about how, well, they've rebooted and now they're, they've got their act together uh, between Sunday and Monday, where Sunday was a mess. Monday was OK. Well, look, don't ever don't ever do that, because, I mean, if we know anything from the campaign that lasts for two or three days and then it's back to Trump as usual. Yeah, you know? of course, he, he can't he can't control himself. He yeah. is uh, he's beyond controlling himself. So, I mean, this is, uh, there is all kinds of gold in this Washington Post article. <laughs> Fury, tumult. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is the one reboot. that the New York Times uh, or the New York uh, Magazine piece was talking about. Yeah, exactly. And what's obvious is there are all kinds of people. And this is what's kind of, this kind of puts a smile on my face. There are all kinds of people inside the Trump White House who, as you said, are just revealing all of this damning information about Donald Trump to their press sources. And that obviously means that the Trump White House is not going to be as adversarial to the press as we might have imagined. Or it's going to be, if it's going to be adversarial, it's going to be publicly adversarial, and then they'll be leaking all over the place. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, you have to have real uh, lawyers, real political operatives inside the West Wing, and they have to know that none of this is normal. And so I think that they're going to do, uh, and of course, their names are now attached to this White House. So what they're going to want is they're going to want it to not be as much of a disaster as it's, as it's looking, as it's shaping up to right. be, because they don't want to be dragged down with the uh, sinking ship. So, of course, this is going to be all kinds of cover your ass going on, which makes things even more chaotic. So, I mean, the latest news, and this came out at about the same time as this Washington Post article, indicating all kinds of leaking going on inside the White House, all kinds of chaos. Donald Trump already behaving like a, a media-obsessed recluse, almost like Howard Hughes. It's going to be a matter of time. I mean, the pr protesters, activists, political internet, we can all make, we can force him to become like a Howard Hughes character. Locked up inside some uh, side room uh, in the West Wing or somewhere in the executive mansion, with, you know, saving his urine in jars or something like that. Yeah, he's, his... he's like Howard Hughes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Only Howard Hughes actually accomplished things. Yeah, Howard Hughes. Trump has done nothing. <laughs> right. But uh, at the same time this article came out last night, um, Trump met with congressional leadership inside the White House to talk about the repeal and replacement of the Affordable Care Act, which, by the way, over my dead body. Um, and it was, it was a colossal train wreck wrong donald trump keeps doing this where he's so obsessed and so insecure 
about the popular vote from the election and his crowd sizes from the oh, inauguration. He's still talking about it. He's still talking about yesterday. He was still talking about, you know, again, volunteering, claiming rather that three to now five million illegal immigrants vote, you know, uh, illegal votes voted for uh, for Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's insane. Yeah. And and the thing is, though, he he invites congressional leadership to the White House for the very first time for a meeting about one of their A-list policy priorities, the repeal and replacement of the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. And instead, he he holds court and goes over and over and over his popular vote victory and the conspiracy theory about the three million illegals who allegedly voted all of this voter fraud going on, showing that he actually did want win the popular vote. And then he starts litigating about the photographs of the crowd sizes at the inauguration in front of like. Paul Ryan and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and, you know, bipartisan leadership from uh, the Hill. For God's sake, what a nutbag. I mean, but you know what? F- Paul Ryan and yeah. f- all of them that allowed yeah. this to happen. I mean, at what got point behind this lunatic, this, you know, the one thing you can always say about Donald Trump is he telegraphed who he was for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For years. This isn't some holy crap. Boy, boy, did we get faked out by a bait and switch? Yeah. No, you did this. You goddamn Republicans did this for the sake of power. Yep. Yep. You sold the country up the river by, by 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 basically allowing the Russians to install a madman in office. And and what I mean, at what point do they cut bait? At what point do they say, you know, this guy's approval rating is no higher than forty percent? He's mentally unstable. I mean, they had to have a firsthand view of that uh, yeah. last night when they're sitting there in the Oval, and he's going off about the crowd sizes from the inauguration. Well, there is a theory, you know, there is a theory that one of the reasons they're keeping Mike Pence quiet is that they're sort of trying to distance him from Trump. Well, And when the time comes, they're going to, you know, they're going to find exactly the right time, because if they let it go on for too long, he'll sink the party. Yeah. But but if they, if they, uh, uh, if, and if they do it too short, if they do it too quickly, then what happens is they really, really lose the uh, uh, the Donald Trump voters. They need yeah. him to be able to hang himself. And at that exact moment, the theory goes, and again, nobody knows, well, William, William Goldman, nobody knows nothing right now. Yeah. But the theory goes that, that the second he hangs himself and everybody can see it, that's when they move in and say, okay, we're, we're pulling him out of office and Mike Pence is our new president. Well, you know, and poli- looking at this through the prism of political reality, I mean, they've got two choices here. They either lose the Trump voters or they lose everybody else. And, and that's the quandary. And I guess what they're trying to do here is they're going to try to milk whatever they can out of Donald Trump and then maybe step away from him. I see. I mean, really, let, let's be absolutely realistic here. There is not going to be an impeachment of Donald Trump as long as the Republicans control the House and the Senate. It is simply not going right. to happen. So there needs to be alternative methods of crippling the the Trump White House and crippling the congressional Republicans and their ability to do business. There's got there's a way to do this. It's very obvious how to do this. Um, and you know, I, I was a little discouraged yesterday um, after the massive, massive victory on Saturday with just those those enormous rallies that were unprecedented. Literally ten percent. This is the uh, statistic that came out of the rallies on Saturday. Ten percent of the American population took to the streets on Saturday. Yeah. It was one out of every 100 Americans protested against Donald yeah. Trump by actually getting up, making signs, wearing uh, pussy hats, the whole nine yards. 
and actually going out and do it and and to fully understand this is a challenge it's not easy to rally people it's not easy to get a thousand people to show up or 500 people they were it was this was the biggest day of demonstrations in u.s history yeah again 10 percent of the american population 10 percent of the entire population not just 10 percent of registered voters or likely voters 10% 10% of everybody in the United States. And that doesn't even account for the people in Antarctica and France and England and Germany, all around the globe, people protesting against Donald Trump. Yep. And that's going to crawl up his ass and that's going to turn him into a Howard Hughes type character. But even after that big victory, I've heard that the next rally isn't going to be planned until tax day. Yeah, in, they're in talking April. about that. They should. Well, look, I do understand the the logic of if you if you try to have a lot of protests, yeah. then what winds up happening is they will diminish in size. Yeah, they will. That's true. And that looks bad, you know. So I mean, you know, it's it's like if we have another protest like that, it will be absolutely shocking. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of of tying it to something that's already a big deal, tax day, something like that. Yeah. Um, but certainly I get where you're coming from. And I thought the same thing. I'm like, you know what? Somebody needs to do something between now and then, but uh, who knows? You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, impromptu things may pop up every time this idiot does something. uh, It's, you know, the tennis ball machine every day. There's a new barrage of of just, you know, I think I, the word I used to describe it is pityless. It's just, it's just a pityless, pityless barrage of scandal and corruption and incompetence it it just that's and we're going to get that every single day and at some point there may be you know a breaking point where something really horrific happens and everybody's just like screw it we're going to the streets yep which i hope happens well look i mean here's what we're looking at for the next couple of months i mean we've got the state of the union that's happening in february that's february 28th so that's next month the month after that you know what happens on march 17th the debt ceiling that's another big event. And then you've got tax day, of course, in, in April. Um, so there are several other times in between now and tax day where, you know, and, it, and again, it doesn't have to be the size of it was on Saturday. I mean, that's unprecedented. Um, but I mean, there has to be also maybe smaller rallies in between, uh, like sort of sure. intermediate rallies that com- continue to illustrate to him because it's it's not just about it's not just about the the, the political theme of the rally. It's about showing Donald Trump or illustrating to Donald Trump that people don't like him and that right. he's illegitimate. And, and that that's the kind of thing that crawls under his skin. That's what gets under right. Donald Trump's skin. And that's and to me, as long as there are people surrounding the White House at some point or another and dogging him wherever he goes, you know, protesters showing up here and there. then that's going to just, again, he's going to become obsessed. He's already mentally unstable. And he's just, it's only, it's only going to take a little bit. It's only going to take a little bit for that cheese to slide completely off his cracker. No doubt about that. So uh, we'll see how that uh, all comes down. Um, We're going to take a a short break here and talk about audible.com. But, uh, you know, before that, I want to just mention that Lindsey Graham is stepping up again. Lindsey Graham uh, actually was recorded on on video talking about this uh, this congressional meeting at the White House last night and Donald Trump's stupid conspiracy theory about all the illegals voting. So we're going to play that in just a second. But first, I got to talk about Audible.com. I love Audible.com. You've heard me talk about it before in the context of the Amazon link and uh, Amazon Prime and things like that. And, you know, there are some major political changes that sure to shake up any family gathering. 
kind of an understatement. But before you dive into the headlines, consider taking a more lighthearted approach with a look at politics from the past. Presidents are People Too, an original audio series available on channels in the Audible app. The series explored some of the lighter, uh, real, and at times less than presidential-worthy moments in the lives and careers of our former commanders-in-chief. Hosted by former Daily Show head writer Elliot Kalan and American historian Alexis Coe, discover fascinating lesser-known facts, foibles, and personal faux pas about our past presidents. You'll hear illuminating stories that show them to uh, be more like you. Uh, than the towering figures we so often hear about. More importantly, you're here with tidbits uh, to diffuse dinner chat that could ruin delicious comfort food and catching up with family. Presidents are people too, a fun alternative to conversation about uh, current events around the uh, dinner table. Learn more at audible.com slash presidents. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. China! Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. All right, here we go. Amazon link time. Here's big homework assignment. We're running way, way behind on our quota for the Amazon link this month. We did a great December, but January is looking a little bit weak. So you got to step up and go shopping through our Amazon link. That's at bobseska.com. Just beneath the logo, you'll see the link right there in all capital letters, Amazon link. It takes you directly to amazon.com right there at the front page. You go shopping. And we get a small commission from everything you buy. By the way, once you go to the front page of Amazon.com, make sure to bookmark it. And if you're a small business, you can source all of your materials through the Amazon link. And it really, really, really helps the show. Thank you in advance for doing that. All right. So uh, Lindsey Graham stepping up again. I got. I really, really love this. I mean, more and more. Strength. Right. Lindsey Graham is going to be... Uh, uh, <laughs> antagonizing Donald Trump. Not not every time. And I think this is an important distinction. Donald Trump, I mean, uh, Lindsey Graham will, you know, on many occasions vote with the Republican caucus and vote with Donald Trump. That's a fact. But Lindsey Graham does not like Donald Trump. And Lindsey Graham is going to uh, investigate Donald Trump. And he's going to be an antagonist to Donald Trump uh, at least for four years, if not less. I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be a lot less. But... It's it's really a matter of um, the way to defeat Donald Trump is to form these large coalitions of anti-Trump people, even if that means uh, forming coalitions with Republicans and conservative Republicans, especially. And uh, Lindsey Graham is one of them. I mean, I think uh, partnering with Lindsey Graham, backing Lindsey Graham when he goes after Donald Trump is crucial. Uh, but here's Don- here's Lindsey Graham. Following this ridiculous meeting of the Oval Office last night where Donald Trump just went on this, I don't know, this incoherent rant about conspiracy theories and illegal immigrants voting and crap like that. Um, and Lindsey Graham is having none of it. Here's uh, here's Lindsey Graham inside uh, Congress the other day, or this is actually this morning. To continue to suggest that the 2016 election uh, was conducted in a fashion that millions of people voted illegally. Uh, undermines faith in our democracy. It's not coming from a candidate for the office. It's coming from the man who holds the office. So I am begging the, the president, share with us the information you have about this, or please stop saying it. As a matter of fact, I'd like you to do more than stop saying it. I'd like you to come forward and say, having looked at it, I am confident the election was fair and accurate and people who voted voted legally. Because if he doesn't do that, this is going to undermine his ability to govern this country. Yeah, there it is. Gotta love Lindsey Graham. Strength. Strength. Lindsey Graham's strength. Full of strength. 
Um, yeah, uh, that's that's it. And and you know what, Donald Trump, if he ri- tries to uh, do what Lindsey Graham's talking about, uh, reveal information, show us evidence about the uh, three million undocumented workers who evidently voted in the election illegally, uh, all he's going to be able to come up with are printouts from Infowars. <laughs> be like Alex Jones. I got the documents right here. Look, look at this, Lindsey Graham. See this piece of paper? I printed this out. It's an article from Paul Joseph Watson. And Paul Joseph Watson says, three million illegal immigrants voted in the election. What do you think about that, Lindsey Graham, huh? And, uh, and that's it. And then Lindsey Graham and congressional leadership go, okay, Mr. Trump, and thank you. Like, and, and, the, and I, you know, again, I, I keep mentioning that it's not just this the tennis ball machine and the mm-hmm. the uh, the um, the del the deluge in a, a teacup that you're trying to catch how yeah, overwhelming yeah. it is it's not just big things it's also it's little like surrealities right it's little surreal oddities like the fact that one of my favorite things that I can't I'm just like what the fuck <laughs> is the fact that Sean Spicer had a five year Twitter war with Dippin' Dots <laughs> yeah I don't know what is that I, I thought that was know. A, you know I thought that was an Onion article. I don't fucking know. You know what? It's you know why it is. Sean Spicer's five feet tall. He's a member of the Lollipop Guild. We represent the Lollipop Guild. And the Lollipop Guild. Lollipop Guild hates the Dippin' Dots people. It's lollipops or nothing. We wish to welcome you to Spicer Land. There it is. <laughs> Dippin' Dots. Now, tell me about the Dippin' Dots. I don't know anything about because I thought that was a I thought that was an Onion story. No, it's it's absolutely true. It's um, <laughs> no, apparently like in like like 2011 or something, mm-hmm. he posted something that said like Dippin' Dots is decidedly not the ice cream of the future. Or is not the ice cream, of the, which is their tagline. <gasps> Oh my and, God. Then, and he's kept kind of repeating that, like like he's had this bizarre bone <laughs> to pick with Dippin' Dots, like they're his arch nemesis. Stupid. And I don't think it's ever been responded to. I don't think Dippin' Dots like did anything like wrote back to it. <laughs> like like the CEO of Dippin' Dots ran over his cat like 20 years ago or something, and he's always held a grudge. Oh my god, that is so funny. That is so funny. Yeah, you know, again, it's completely indicative of the fact that none of the Trump people know how to pick their battles. That's just it. Exactly. Like every, everything with Trump, everything with Trump is an affront to him personally. And so he's going to fight on every front. That's the good news is, is that as much as we're fighting with the tennis ball machine of, of things, Donald Trump is also having to like do the plate spinning act himself because he's you're obsessed. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He can't. You're talking about someone who cannot let anything go. And and the scary thing about that is, you know, we're sitting here kind of making fun of it and, mm. and being astonished by it. But the truth is, you know, you mentioned it earlier, and there's there's such a such a horrifically dark undercurrent to something that that you noted that we didn't, uh, you, you know, that we kind of laughed off, but is right. such a big deal, and that's that he he called together members of Congress to do business, mm-hmm. to do presumably some kind of important business, yeah. and instead of doing that business, he just ranted. <laughs> You know, I mean, in other words, what I'm saying is he's putting the important business of actually running the country aside Mm -hmm. so that he can get something off his chest. Yeah, exactly. So that he can whine and bitch and moan and be a petulant little child. Yeah. I mean, look, you want an example of how Donald Trump behaves? Watch any reality show on the Bravo Network and see how the petulant bling people on Bravo 
all they do is they talk about how they've been personally insulted by the people around them. That's exactly. the entire content of any show, whether it's the Real Housewives or the Vanderpump Kids. All of that crap is just all like grievance, like, oh, you've offended me. And, the, and then the entire hour is nothing but how these these alleged friends of theirs have offended them. And then, so they just go relitigate it over and over and over and over again. That's Donald Trump's behavior. Although Donald Trump is uh, is much, is in the real world. I mean, it's literally reality that he's operating in. He's in the White House and he's acting like a fucking maniac. Yep. And everyone saw it coming, but no one was willing to, or very few people were willing to say, "Holy God, holy God!" The threat of this guy in the White House behaving like this is going to be exploited by everybody. I mean, we haven't even gotten to take the oil yet. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about infuriating the Arab world, <laughs> the Muslim world, talking about going back into Iraq so we can get the oil. Iraq is a sovereign nation that we spent billions of dollars and thousands of lives to create. And he's going to reinvade to steal their oil. Yeah. And Rex war crime. Yeah. Rex Tillerson's going to facilitate this. That's a violation of the Geneva Conventions, first of all, but not like John, Donald Trump gives a rip about the Geneva Conventions. Certainly his people don't. That's insane. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about this disastrous visit to the CIA headquarters. Yeah. It's one thing after another. Oh, God. All right. One last break and we'll get into, oh, the crap that happened over the weekend right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, uh, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us today. The Trump tour of madness continued over the weekend in which he uh, went to Langley in the CIA headquarters and stood in front of the memorial wall. At the CIA. The, memor- the memorial wall. Memorial wall. Might as dedicated, well- dedicated to uh, to CIA agents and employees who have anonymously given their lives yeah. for this country. Right. He might as incredibly, well- Incredibly, incredibly somber place normally. Can you imagine when he appears at the Vietnam Memorial? <laughs> Stand right, standing right at the apex of that uh, salient there, of the, uh, the the black wall with the names. And, he's, and then he's going to go and talk about his crowd sizes. In the popular vote. 
And this so, but I mean, he did far worse than the CIA in front of that sacred wall. They consider that hallowed ground. It's the each star representing a CIA agent who uh, gave his or her life in the field uh, in the process of defending the nation. And Donald Trump stood up there in front of that wall and talked about God. I don't even know what. You know, I debated whether or not to actually have the audio or the transcript. I've got the audio here. But I thought about having the transcript and having Chez just read the transcript. Because it's it's one of those Trump rants that just go everywhere. And, you know, occasions like that where you're standing in a solemn location and you're speaking to people who you're expecting to respect you and to follow you, you have prepared remarks. You have something that you read, something that is going to be official, something that's going going to enter the record as being statesmanlike. Right. You don't, and, inst- and instead of doing that, not only did he bitch like a child yeah. about whatever various grievances he had right. at that moment, he also, again, this can't be stressed enough, in front of the memorial wall, he also had his he had his fluffers there, his yeah, crown fluffers. Yeah. You know, he had brought in his own people who would cheer and applaud. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the kind of thing, first of all, that, again, not not the not the locale to have that kind of raucous nonsense going on. Right. But I mean, but he did it anyway. And he brought it again. He brought in his own people. So that that response you hear the people applauding, that's just that's unconscionable oh and yeah it's a lie. yeah well of course what he's doing is he's manufacturing his own truth and that's the only truth that matters that's the the katie tur quote and by the way i hope i'm correctly attributing it to katie tur i'm i'm like 99 certain it was katie tur who said that on msnbc that donald trump is creating his own truth and that's the only truth that matters so, so if you look right. at it, I mean, if you look at it through that prism, you know, you can pretty much predict everything that's going on and pretty much detect all of the bullshit that's coming out of the Trump White House. It's and it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. They have basically made it impossible for us to believe anything they say after sending uh, after sending Sean Spicer out to do that statement the other day. We we, no, this is different. This is, this is not the statement. All right, so but and you know that's just that's what they're doing. Everything they say now is is false, and that was the point of what I wrote in in Salon today, which is how are we going to get what they're saying? How are we going to trust what they're saying in a crisis, whether it's a natural disaster or a military strike that we do against another country, or they do against us, or a major terrorist attack? How are we going to yeah. believe what, what they say? I mean, say? they'll lie about even the tiniest of things. How yeah. can we trust them about the big things? Yeah, ca- they're going to lie about casualties. They're going to certainly lie about casualties. They're also they're going to lie about troop deployments. They're going to lie about every detail of all of these events. We just have to assume that's going to be the case. And and the the worst part about it is it's not just like predictive lies. Like um, Barack Obama predicted that if you like your doctor, you'll be able to keep your doctor. And then something contrary happened later on. But it's not like people are losing their ability to see their doctor and, and Barack Obama still saying, oh, no, you can keep your doctor, even though people are not being able to keep their doctor. It wasn't like that. But th- that's what Donald Trump is doing. He's ta- I mean, the whole thing about the inaugural crowd size is just simply he doesn't understand um, um, optical illusions, they confuse him, and of course the idea of visual perspective. Because if you're ground level or above ground level and you're looking out across a vista, 
um, the the everything's going to be foreshortened, and and it's going to look like all the crowd is continuous. It's going to be like a continu- like a contiguous mass of people if you're looking at it from that angle. But then you look at the aerial footage, and there's no doubt that a fraction of the people who attended the Obama uh, inauguration, whether it was 2009 or 2013, were at the the Trump inauguration. It's just a fact. It's just a visual fact. There is record of this on, you know, they're, they're just, just, we shouldn't believe our lying eyes, I guess. Yeah. That's what Donald Trump is basically saying. He's like, well, I, I stood there and I looked and, and that's what he was talking about at the CIA headquarters in front of that sacred place. He was talking about the crowds and, and how, how the press reacted to his, uh, his, his inaugural address. Here, here. And they're and they're dishonest. They're dishonest, they're dishonest because they're presenting the truth. Those dishonest people. And here's a little bit of Donald Trump's CIA rant at the memorial wall, for God's sake. But I, I want to say that there is nobody that feels stronger about the intelligence community and the CIA than Donald Trump. There is nobody. That's a big lie. That's a lie right there. I mean, how can you yeah. quantify that? How can you actually prove that? You can't prove that. It's like what he said the other day about how his cabinet's got the highest collective IQ of any cabinet yeah, in American yeah, history. Awesome. That is meaningless. How does he does he know the cabinet IQ of, of John Adams' cabinet or Thomas Jefferson's cabinet? What about Millard Fillmore's cabinet? You know the and IQ also, of those also, people. Let's face it. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it's just one of Trump's usual boasts. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just it's like when he it's it, it's basically the equivalent of what he did for his his stupid steaks right the <laughs> highest steak. quality beef it's just <laughs> it's a it's a mindless oh, uh you know yeah. it's a mindless superlative <laughs> it's a meaningless superlative i know it really is but that's just it it's like the words that come out of his mouth have no meaning the steaks the the cows that we use to make trump steaks have the highest iqs of any cows <laughs> anywhere <laughs> right here's more of trump at the cia for god help us all it's all his ringers Right. Um, the wall behind me is very, very special. Uh, we've been touring for quite a while. Now, this is going to be the uh, the sixth grader doing the oral exam he didn't study for. This is going to be this portion of the uh, remarks where he just says things that are just things, like not any right. sort of information whatsoever. It's all just very, very great. It's a great wall. Love yeah, this wall. Exactly. And even gets the number of stars on the wall wrong. And I'll tell you what, 29? <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, 28. We've got to reduce it. But that's amazing. And it, it, we really appreciate what you've done in terms of showing us something very special. And your whole group, these are really nothing. special, no no amazing people. Very, very few people could do the job you people do. It doesn't, yeah. I it's, want to just, just like, it's just, it's meaningless. Yeah. It's just... It's again, it's meaningless platitudes. Right. You know why he doesn't have an actual speech there to, to speak to them? You know why? Because he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't because care. it's not about him. This yeah. is another one of those cases of when he talks about himself, he can talk about himself for hours. <laughs> yeah. And he loves to do it. But yeah. when he has to talk about something, it's like I always go back to one of the most surreal, believe it or not, amongst all the other bits of surreality, one of the most surreal moments of his campaign when he introduced Mike Pence as his running mate. Yeah. And he basically went off about himself yeah. for I don't know how long. And then finally, basically, it looked like he was reading off Mike Pence's Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, and then, sure and he, then he just said, and here's Mike Pence. And he, and he left. <laughs> he left. 
His mindset is that this kind of speech worked for me during the campaign, so I'm going to keep doing it because people exactly, people seem to exactly love it. exactly what it is. He, he, the way he thinks of it is he thinks of being president as one particular thing, which is mm. he won. Yeah. He won, so now he can do whatever he wants because mm-hmm. the people elected him and they expect – all they expect him to do is to just be him, be who he is. Yeah, exactly. A couple, couple more seconds of this before we have to wrap up the show. Yeah, more – Ringers. Mm. And Reince and my whole group. Reince, you know, right? You know, they don't care about right. He's a, like this political guy that turned out to be a superstar, right? What? We don't have to talk about Reince. But holy crap. We did. <laughs> I know. Do me a favor and stop this. Yeah. Like, I, one of the problems with, with this is like, I, I, can't, I can't listen to him. It bothers me. <laughs> it, it, you know what? And maybe there's something to be said, what you just said earlier. Maybe the way to, to, to uh, play his sound bites. On uh, on this show is to just for us to read them, to so read you really them. get a feel for how absolutely stupid they are. Yeah, yeah, because he'll he'll read like a couple of he'll say a couple of words in a sentence and then change gears to something completely different and then go back to that sentence and then repeat the sentence a couple of times. There's like a format to his speaking where he says the same sentences multiple times or sentence fragments multiple times, and this is usually when he doesn't have any information in his head to go on. Like, he's got zero insight into why he's standing there and why that wall is important. <laughs> All he can say is, look at this wall, 28, what, 29? We reduced them by one. Ha, 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 Isn't that funny? And by the way, Mike Flynn's over there and Reince. What about Reince? Reince is great. Reince is very, very tremendous. Well, we're not going to talk about Reince. We're going to talk about... Yeah. And then he I mean, goes off. See, and then, see, and then, how, see how great it is when you basically just read? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I didn't even get to the part where he was talking about his uncle who went to MIT. And then he said, I'm a very smart man. Oh, yeah. Of course he said that. Of course I, he said that. I believe in academics. I'm, I'm a smart guy. What can I, I'm a smart guy. And he's saying this in front of the CIA. CIA agents and, and leadership are there going, must be saying... We're wasting. What is this? We're wasting our Saturday for this. This is. I mean, we're spending our Saturday at work when we could be home with our families, listening to uh, Charlie Cheswick <laughs> raving on and on about his uncle who allegedly went to MIT. Yep. Mm, time, time well spent. All right. Look, we didn't get to a lot of crap. All right. So here's what you got to do: go to Patreon.com/slash Bob and Chez. Sign up for $5 a month and you get the post-mortem show. It's everything we didn't get to during the uh, free portion of the show. We just continue talking after this music stops playing. and uh, Or you can actually hear just the, the post-mortem show standalone at patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. And um, we're going to talk, of course, about Sean Spicer's disastrous press room statement on Sunday. We're going to talk about Kellyanne Conway's alternative facts. We didn't even get to the, we didn't get to the take the oil part about the CIA remarks. Oh, my God. The take the, we're going to go back into Iraq. All right, that's the post-mortem show. Coming up next, see you there, folks. Bye-bye. Strength.